I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the Horse Hour podcast. I'm Amy Stevenson. Today's a special episode because we went down to the Mounted Police Horse Unit at Invercourt to spend the day with the Metropolitan Police. Not only are these police horses operational, where they have to go to football events and they have to do crowd control, but they also are part of their activity ride. And every year at different events, you'll see these guys jumping through fire. The riders will be riding bareback, cantering over jumps, holding their saddles in the air. They do loads of tricks it's amazing to watch i caught up with sergeant craig richards who tells us all about the training of the mounted horses and what it really takes to be a mounted police officer this is horse hour i feel very special today because i'm in the mounted police unit with sergeant craig richards how are you yeah good thank you thank you for letting us here today you've you've given us a backstage tour of what goes on with all the horses and your job here but can you explain to us what exactly you do so my job here at Invercourt is i'm in charge of the training for the officers uh, i look after the horses duties and the, and the uh, police staff duties down here um, I also, one of my sidelines is I sort of run the activity ride, uh, as you've seen the baby activity ride training today. Um, it's a very the, ba- the babies are the baby horses, the baby new horses, ones coming yeah, through. That's yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> Not sergeants with babies that come on and decide to <laughs> no, no. have a go at jumping. Young horses, young horses. <laughs> yeah. So you run those? Uh, so yeah, so I, I take part in that training. I also ride on the activity ride when we do the shows. Um, I, my, my job is very varied, probably one of the most varied in the mountain ranch really. One of the highlights is taking the young officers. We've got a course on at the moment, which is a 16-week course. Uh, we see them from the very beginning. Some of them are great riders. Some of them are complete novice riders. Mm. And seeing their progression through the 16 weeks. And one of my jobs is that I assess them every four weeks to make sure that they're reaching the, the, the required standard, which yeah. is great. Yeah. And so some of them, you don't have to have experience with horses to be able to be part of the mounted force. Um, it's changed over the years. Uh, there's this myth that goes back that we don't want riders. We want to mould them into our own shape, which mm-hmm. isn't the case, really. Um, the course now is 16 weeks long, um, which is quite a short amount of time to teach someone to ride. Uh, part of the assessment that we do, all that I ask of a person before joining is that they're able to walk, trot, canter, maybe perform some school uh, some school moves mm. um let you know shallow in something like that very simple school moves um because what what i'm looking for is that when they arrive here on day one of the week one of the 16 week course 
they're they're able to just keep up with the rest of the group because mm. by the end of week one we're normally jumping they're normally jumping very small fence do some trotting poles or something by the end of week one so they do have to be at a level of riding um, but they don't have to be competing every weekend that's so good though isn't it and, yeah. and all these officers are currently police officers yeah that they could be any part of the police force That's and they right, decide yeah. to have a go yeah so as long as the police officers pass their probation we we you know they're eligible to p- apply we do you know we do look for good grounding and we do look for a variety of skills um uh, this course for example we've had people with three years service but we've got people with 14 years service um, and, it, and it's really good and we don't say you know forget those things right you're now a mounted officer you're going to do that because we we like these different variety of people coming in yeah. um, to sort of to, to pass on the word to the rest of us who may have been in the mounted branch for quite a while. So how did you get into it? So um, so I wasn't a rider so my wife was very horsey she still is quite horsey um, but that was her hobby. Mm-hmm. I, I never really had much involvement in the horses. I think I'd sat on a horse a couple of times, maybe growing up in Derbyshire. Yeah. You know, and probably just jumped on one in a field or something. Uh-huh. You were um, a horse widower. Yeah, yeah, I was a horse widower. Yeah. You were there to pick up the grooming yeah. box and to yeah. brush the horse. Yeah. I wouldn't even go down to the stables. That was a thing. Um, but then I, I think I, I think I saw one of our one of my friends who was a mounted branch, and he came to my team. Um, and he was telling me what a good job it was. You know, if anything, if anything happens, you're normally the first people there. You know, you you get you get to do a variety of things. Mm. And I started thinking about it. Uh, and I think I was on on foot duty at a football match that went wrong. You know, there was quite a bit of trouble. And I remember seeing the horses charging into, uh, going into the crowd. And I l- remember looking at them, thinking, Oh my God! You know, I'd rather be up there yeah. than down here. <laughs> So I just applied, never thinking I'd get in. I just applied. I had a couple of lessons, not lessons, I had a couple of sit-ons of friend's horse. Mm. Um, managed to get through all the um, interviews and selection and everything. Uh, went into the small school and my assessment was like a wall of death. Really? It was literally the horse was out of control, galloping away with no me. Way. But But I think because I stayed on and because I was, you know, it didn't really bother me, I think mm. they could see that they could actually mould me a little bit because our course then was 20 weeks as well, so it was easier Right. It was easier to do. But that's interesting that the horse was quite insane because we look at police horses and we think they're the best trained, they're the most savvy, they're bomb-proof, they're the yeah. safest. But looking at what you were doing today, they had a lot of life in them. Yeah, they are. I mean, they're just horses, aren't they? You know, and, mm. that's, and that's the thing. People do look at our police horses and think that they are bomb-proof. And they are amazing. You know, we invest a lot of time into them. Mm. And as you've seen today, the training is very progressive, um, but we have to back off sometimes and take it back a little step, like you saw today with some of the issues that, with the fire and things, you know. So we put a lot of work into making them the, the best that they can be. Mm. Um, but they're horses, you know, and horses have... I mean, I could take you around here, and I've got probably got 34 something like horses out here today, and I could tell you a little trait about each of the horses. Mm-hmm. Um, well, one of them stole our cameraman's keys yeah, out of exactly. his exactly, yeah, Quest, you know, he's a thug. <laughs> Obviously, he had Lockern with his issue with it, where he looks after his box, very box proud. You know, all of them, all of them have got something which they don't like. Mm. Um, one of the one of the greatest things these two weeks, the last baby activity ride that we did was um, a horse came in called Samson, and he's really scared of paper. So really? you know, paper bags flying around on the street mm. terrifies him. And when we first went into the school, he was scared of the jump, uh, so he wouldn't even jump. And at the end of two weeks, we had him jumping through a paper hoop. 
Wow. With paper wrapped around him. And, you know, and that to me, that is a sort of sense of achievement. So yeah. he'll go out of here. I mean, obviously, he'll still have some sort of fear of it because it's obviously ingrained somewhere. But he goes out of here having jumped through paper when he came in scared of it. So, so it's how, great. How did you get him used to that in such a short just amount slowly, of time? Just slowly. Yeah. Um, you know, we, uh, we, we introduce them to things that they don't like. Like the fire, we'll, we'll just get, we'll light the fire. And then we'll get them to walk around. And by taking confidence from the rider, and also we'll have experienced horses in there as well. So by mm. seeing a horse like Quest, who just wanders up to fire and is not bothered by it, they, they take a lead off him. And then they think, actually, do you know what? This is all right. Um, and once we've got that reassurance, then we maybe go on a little bit more, maybe get them to go independently. Mm-hmm. And if they back off, then we put them, you know, we back off as well. And we, then we introduce it a little bit more. Um, well, we like, saw that we saw that today with yeah. um, was it uh, Spitfire, wasn't it? Did he not jump through the hoop? Yes, yeah, yeah. And and so when he wouldn't go through the hoop, and um, bless the rider, she sat so well, yeah. she did amazingly well, and managed to get get him through eventually. But yeah. you said take a step back, show him the fire, let him yeah. get used to it, and then and that was really interesting to watch. Was was that the the horsemanship that you take on and you use for your training yeah. we do every day exactly. as well yeah. and, and it's yeah. the same techniques it's yeah. get them used to it do it slowly, slowly. don't let anything scare them yeah. and then when they're confident enough they'll go through it exactly yeah and some of some of them won't some of them ex- just won't accept it at all and mm-hmm. it's and it's recognizing those horses as well you know so that you don't make them do it you don't make them have it or you try and get around it in a certain way so that you achieve your aim but some of them won't have it but the majority you just take your time back mm. off know when to back off but know when to push on as well yeah. and that's the same with the police horses training you know you'll have an amazing horse that might go backwards a little bit and then so you have to re- readdress it or you might have a really bad horse that ends up doing some fantastic jobs mm. that you I look at some horses now and I think I never would have imagined that they would be doing that because I, I remember them you know rearing up on the street or whatever and, they, and they've gone on to greatness just by the fact that you've just you know taking your time a little bit yeah. or maybe move things around just a little bit what do you do with those horses though because you have a duty of care to the public as That's well right, yeah. so health yeah. and safety wise it must be really really tough yeah well, what do you do if you have a horse that i remember seeing years ago a video of the queen's parade yeah every year i think it's new year's day or around that time and um and there was a horse that spooked yeah. and it and it re- it went galloping down and i yeah. thought oh my gosh i felt for the rider because one they'd be really embarrassed that their horse had played up during that parade yeah. but also you've got a duty of care so how do you balance how safe a horse is compared to when they're ready to take them out i mean it's a it's a real challenge you know we we take it in stages so we look at a horse we look at a horse initially so we have a horse here for four weeks we'll look at it if if it if it is uh, passes a very basic test so i'm talking about being nice to handle standing still you know not being manger proud not kicking you know things like that very very basics if it'll accept traffic um then we'll decide to buy it uh, then it goes through a process of about 12 months here at Imber Court with a trainer where it's exposed to things really gradually mm. you know so it'll go out maybe do an hour's patrol um really quiet roads and then as the training progresses, we'll introduce things like noise in the school, maybe a few nuisances, go out on, lo- on longer patrols to busier places. Um, we'll maybe take it out somewhere. We'll maybe take it to our public order training centre. So again, it's just going things really slowly. Now, if you've had a horse, uh, once they've passed all of that initial training, you've issued it to a rider. If they go to a stable and then that horse 
and it can be you know it can have passed everything and it can be six months a year down the line that they start experiencing problems because of something that's happened on the street mm. we will we'll just readdress it we'll probably get them back here to Inver court we'll look at the maybe sometimes in drastic circumstances moving the horse because a lot of horses very very quickly learn where they are right um, and we're very limited to um, access roads to certain stables so mm. very quickly if a horse has got a homing instinct in it it will you know it will learn the route back home yeah. so it will tend to mess around a little bit more so we, if we change that environment and maybe move it to one of the quieter stables or a stable with more access roads that sometimes helps as well um, and you'll find that horses once they've moved they do set, tend to settle mm. um, and what about the riders then when you're selecting um, you've got riders coming through all the time you're buying new horses all the time training yeah. them up how do you pick which rider will have which horse um, most of the time it's just a natural progression so you would have had a, a rider that maybe has turned out a horse made the horse operational so we, we class them as remount which is where horses is, is, is a youngster it's in training um, you have to look at what it does basically it won't be going to a football on its own it won't be going to any really um, uh, maybe problematic footballs so you're really careful by what it does once it becomes operational then any person can ride it and it can go mm-hmm. to all the jobs that's not to say you just write it off and you just say oh well it's operational we're going to do that still there are a lot of horses that can only be ridden by certain people and, and you know there are limitations mm-hmm. you don't completely write it off but it's more almost a natural progression so a person will either turn out a horse or it'll make it they'll make them operational and then they're in line for a new horse so when we when the trainers say to uh, the inspector this horse is ready for reissuing to an officer we look at who's available in the branch mm-hmm. where it fits into the stable because you have to look at the stable uh, dynamics because you might have too many remounts at a stable and not enough established horses. So you have to look at, you have to take everything into account. Really, it's quite a bit of a, it's a bit yeah. of a fine tuning as to. And not only that, the riders don't always get on with every horse. Exactly, you know, it's a no, partnership, no, and that's you know right. there are some beautiful horses that you have out there that I wouldn't have a hope in hell in riding <laughs> because I wouldn't be able to control right, them. Yeah. I'm not brave enough. But then yeah. there's some others that I think, yeah, you know, I could definitely have a go at riding them. And yeah. I'd probably be quite safe. Um, so what happens if a rider doesn't get on with their horse? I mean, in, in the and it's a very unlikely event. If the rider doesn't get on the horse, the first thing that we'll do is we'll look at, you know, we'll look at the partnership and we'll probably bring them back to Inver Court to have a bit of time with the trainer. Mm. Um, if It might be, you know, it might be a physical thing because a lot of the horses affect people in different ways. We've had people that have had bad backs because of a, a horse's action. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe a horse's conformation is causing it to lean one way, which affects one person. It doesn't affect another. Uh, maybe you know, lots of lots of things that physically could affect a person. Mm-hmm. Taken away, you know, how they actually get on with personality-wise, it's very rare that they are reissued to somebody. But in the rare case, we take everybody's view on board. We'll speak to the person. We'll speak to the person's supervisor. We'll speak to the trainer of the horse down at Himber Court. We'll t- speak to the staff down here in McCourt and really come up with a plan before we then have to reissue it. Because you can imagine having your horse taken off you is quite a big thing for someone. Yeah, somebody. and could be heartbreaking. Yeah, heartbreaking you could, because you really form a partnership. Yeah. yeah, Or not, which is, you know, might yeah. be the issue. 
Might be a bit of relief. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no longer have to try and jump through fire with that one. <laughs> but that's really interesting in itself. Yeah, how did you end up setting up the uh, activity ride and deciding, okay, you know, this is what we do um, for a job every day. We go out on our horses operationally, yeah. but now we're going to take that into the show ring and we're going to jump through fire and we're going to take our stirrups off and canter bareback and jump bareback and hold <laughs> our saddles up and like just look really amazing. Um, so that I mean that started way before my time. You know that started. Um, I can't remember the exact date, but it started basically with the horse show here at Ember Quartz, and they wanted to. Uh, the, the branch was a lot bigger then, and they wanted to basically display the skills of a mounted officer. Mm. Um, and that and that's the main thing with us. You know, we're not a display team. We are literally coppers on police horses. <laughs> you know, none of us have none of us have been to um, you know any sort of school, or we're not acrobats or anything like that. We're just literally police officers on police horses mm. uh, which makes it all the more unique really um, but that was it was basically started to display the skills of the mounted officer we um, I personally started on the ground so I started on the ground staff uh, many years ago and as time went on and I became qualified to be able to ride on it then then I became a rider as a police constable I was promoted and just just natural progression really mm. to being down in, in the court um, we took a break from the ride for a couple of years for the Olympics. Oh, really? Why so, was that? Just because of the operational requirements, so many horses were needed on the Olympics and the surrounding events that there just wasn't enough time. Mm. There's just not enough time to do it because it, it is an abstraction. And then about two years ago, we, we re-established it. Her Chief Inspector Helen O'Sullivan, she reformed it. Oh, I was a training sergeant here then. And because I've been on the ride, we, together we sort of form the team again we had to get new horses in because mm. a lot of the established horses from years ago they weren't now in the branch or they weren't able to do it so we had to basically start from scratch um, which was which was quite good the, quite the interesting. real fascinating thing for us uh, for me walking around and and being allowed to see behind the scenes here is the welfare of the horses every horse i mean they just smell amazing they look <laughs> amazing they feel amazing they're so healthy yeah. their hooves are perfect um but interesting you have a little sick bay for the poorly ones yeah so you still you own them you care about them so much there's a lot of it's all about the horses more than it is the this mother's day celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from blue nile whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. People oh, are just lovely. No, completely, because without them, we're nothing. You know, without them, we don't exist. Mm. As a branch, we don't exist. You know, and we always say that while they're in here, you know, we treat them like, like kings. On, once we're on their back, they have to do what we say. But... In here, in the stable, you know, everyone's responsible for them. They do get the best of care. They want for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of soft riders. You know, there's none of this whacking them around oh, no, and no, saying, no, you've no, got to no, do this. No, it's all never very, very gentle, yeah. soft Progressive. Mm. That's the main thing. So the, um, the love of them, what happens if you have a horse that you can't ride anymore, you can't use operationally? So we've got a, a list of retired horses. We, we've got a list of people that want retired horses. Yeah, isn't um, that a list like a three-year waiting list? No, for no, you'd be very surprised. Really? You'd be very surprised. We're always looking for people to take on our police horses. Um, invariably, they tend to go as non-ridden horses mm-hmm. um, because of, you know, because of maybe a variety of medical issues. Um, so we are looking to just rehome them with other horses in a field, maybe. On the odd occasion, we do get a ridden horse where he, where they have just come to the end of their working life, really, with us. Uh, and the general toll of being on the streets, maybe you know, is maybe too much for them. But mm-hmm. they're okay for a hack once a week or something like that. So occasionally we do, you know, we do home them as ridden. But generally, most of them are unridden. So how do we get on this list? <laughs> well, contact ones. us here at Invercourt <laughs> if you go through the Met Police website and. Give us an email here at Ember Court, then we'll definitely, definitely put you to this. So many people say, "Oh, I'd love a, I'd love a yeah. retired police horse." And yeah. in fact, I went to look at one before I went to see Blackjack, and um, it was one in Dorset. Beautiful, beautiful horse, far too powerful for me. Really, I mean, yeah, yeah he yeah. was just so strong. He was amazing, and you know, we shouldn't use the word bomb-proof because nothing is ever bomb-proof. Yeah. But you know, good in traffic. You kind of, I always thought they'd make a good first horse. Yeah. However, now looking at what you do with them, I don't know if they would be a good first horse. You've got to be experienced to ride. It you know, they're on the big... horse, though, doesn't it? I mean, we've had some horses that have gone out of here that you think, oh, my word, you know, they are still quite lively. But you've seen them and, and the actual life of being retired and maybe in, in a field all the time, but then has, has chilled them out so much that they're amazing. <laughs> I mean, a lot of them, you know, they go out and they're just put in a field and they're maybe brought out for a hack once or twice a week and mm. they're put back in the field and it's just completely chilled them out mm. so how quickly do you turn over these horses um or is it not is it you know years really, that you keep oh involved? years yeah, yeah yeah years yeah we never you know we never we never put a healthy healthy horse down we'll always try every other avenue before we have to do that um like i say we always try and retire them if we can um i wouldn't like to put an age i mean i would say if there was an average maybe about 15 16 years old depending on when we bought them mm-hmm. um and then that's the end of their police career. But police like you career, said, yeah, it's but they can go on for years and yeah. years. And we always, um, the main thing is we always retain responsibility for them as well. So even if we give them as a retired horse, every year we check on them. Every year we check on their well-being, we check on their premises, and they actually belong to us still. Ah. We're just sort of, sort of loaning them out on uh, in retirement. Oh, so we still nice. retain we still retain it and we've got a list that we keep make sure everything's okay with them we check the premises they go to we check the people you know mm. obviously like like getting a rescued dog i suppose I'm surprised that your wife hasn't set up a little rescue home, you know, where she takes all the retired ones. <laughs> My wife works at a vet with yeah. enough animals. <laughs> and she never thought about being a mounted police officer. No, she's not a police officer, no. So it's, it's one of those things, you know, my, my life revolves around horses. 
yeah, I try not to talk about it when I get home <laughs> because my wife would love her life to revolve around horses. No. Who, who trained you to be a rider? Uh, my training was all done down here. Yeah, all and, done and in the police. by a police officer. Yeah, so do you have yeah. police officer instructors? So we've got uh, three permanent police officer instructors down here. Um, and they are responsible for the basic course, the standard equitation course. They're responsible for every officer in the marriage branch has to come back to Imber Court to do a, a, a week or two weeks training a year. Mm. Uh, they'll be reassessed in dressage and in jumping. So, so the instructors down here, they will do that. Mm-hmm. Um, they also do advanced uh, intermediate courses or development courses. Um, so it's quite a full-on job, you know, they're busy all the time. Mm. That's a are. shame, so we can't book a lesson with them then, <laughs> no. on the side, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> Teach my horse how to be, because that would be great, wouldn't it, if you could do, like, lessons at the weekend, saying yeah. how to desensitise your horses to flags. <laughs> yeah. Because I love the fact that in your, can you just explain what was in your indoor school, your small indoor school? So in the small indoor school, uh, along, along the wall, there are six flags, three on each side that we unravel to give the horse exposure to flags. Mm-hmm. We also have, um, how would you describe them? Um, like stage... S- um, stage props yeah. of um, the Grim Reaper mm-hmm. and the Horsemen of the Apocalypse, <laughs> uh, which are really large, a large, I don't know what to describe them as, but... Um, Is that props, Halloween? Really. Is yeah. that Halloween yeah. in the indoor school? It's very scary in there. It's scary <laughs> it can be. for us, but alone <laughs> yeah. for the horses. But the horses are great with it. They're fine. But that's the, what's the idea? Why did you? So that was, so that came about because of a disturbance on May Day. We were we were in a line on May Day, and the protesters ran at the horses carrying these horsemen of the apocalypse. Um, and then the horses had never seen anything like it before. They'd never been familiarised with it at all, and it caused us you know it caused us some issues on the day. Mm. So was anyone hurt? No. Oh, no, good, all, good. No, Everyone's no, okay. The horses were fine as well. Um, so the thinking at the time was that if we, well, if we make these things ourselves, get someone to make them for us from a stage company, when the horses see them again, mm. um, then, you know, they'll be fine with it. To be honest, I've not, <laughs> seen a, I've not seen a horseman in the apocalypse for the last 10 years, so I think they're fine with it. There's just so much to know about. I mean, you know, fascinating. Like, you've got all your kit up here, actually, that we can see. So you've got your hat and you've got your trunge. Is it trunge? Uh, yeah, asp, yeah. What's it called? Asp. An asp. What's yeah. an asp? Basically, extendable baton. Yeah. Yeah. And your handcuffs, and that's a lot of kit to carry when you're trying to ride a horse at the same time, and you've got your microphone to yeah. talk to everybody. Yeah. Can you tell me what it takes to be a mounted police officer? Um, I'm not sure really. Uh, you you need to have a bit of independence mm-hmm. about your independent thinking, because. If we go on a job together, there will normally be one sergeant and five police officers, and we can hold a road. Whereas it take you know a lot more, a lot more on foot, maybe mm. twenty on foot to do that. So, so a mounted officer needs to have uh, that independence about them to be able to think if something's going wrong, to be able to point it out or deal with something independently. Um, but they also need to be very disciplined because ultimately they're in charge of eight hundred and fifty kilograms of. Yeah. You know, of flesh and bones so they need to be very responsible they need to be dedicated because you know you 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 generally take quite a lot of knocks in this job working with animals and you you know it's early hours and it's long shifts and it's mm. you know static work so they have to be very dedicated to it but the rewards that you get from that rewards of having a, an animal as a partner at work are just incredible Incredible. It's amazing, isn't it? It yeah. is a real partnership. You must want to protect them as well when you're out there. Yeah, you so do. So how do you how do you stop 
idiots from hurting them or I know you said earlier that you do have one horse here that's been punched before yeah. and the guy that punched him actually got sent to jail thank yeah. goodness which is great but that must you know I'm, I'm protective of my horse when I'm on the road if there's yeah. a dodgy driver I'm like no me and my whips out saying stay away <laughs> not for the horse for the driver um so how do you protect your horses when you're in such dangerous situations I mean we protect we protect them by their training we protect them by where we put them you know we won't try not to put them into that situation in the first place mm. if we have to go into a situation like that we always try to have other people with us and you know decent horses around us but for us you know if that situation arises it's like if one of our foot colleagues you know like one of our human colleagues mm. you know you can't you just have to deal with it at the time really and is, gonna, there, is there an element of um, you'll try and get yourself out of the situation so you can foresee what's going to happen? Yes, a lot of the time. But a lot of the time you're being put there because of a situation and you're being asked to resolve it. Yeah. Um, you know, we protect them by the kit that they wear. You know, when we go on on, on particularly difficult jobs, they wear, you know, they wear a lot of kit. They wear a nose guard. They wear a visor. They wear leg guards. They wear things on their chest. You know, we, we do try and protect them a lot. Mm. Um, but ultimately, we, we do have to put them into these situations. If we can get out, then, we'll, then we get out. You know, that's the mm. first option, like you say. Run. <laughs> <laughs> but you've got to even get them used to all that kit. You well, know, I've got yeah. a nice, flashy yeah. new bridle that I'm trying to put on my horse. But because it shines so much in the sun, he doesn't like it. Yeah. So how do you get all that kit on? Again, know? again, slowly. You know, we've had a lot of horses that have been quite head shy when they've come in. Yeah. Uh, and again, it's just, you know, it's just doing things really slowly, treats and, you know, they, they all tend to accept it in the end. You know, they'll all accept it in the end. And some of them, you just put it on and they just carry on as if as if normal. Yeah. But just slowly, if, they, if they're having an issue, you just you just don't make them have it. You just back off a little bit and, and do things differently. Yeah. And there are many times when you kind of call in outside people, like natural horsemanship people to say, you know, you might have a few behavioural issues. Um, not really. Not, not on, not sort of behaviourally because we've built up this expert I'm not saying that we we wouldn't ever look at anything you know yeah but we have built this base of expertise and the trainers here are probably the best horse trainers in the world mm. um we we never dismiss anything um we use physios you know we use the vet a lot um we, we you know we'll, we'll look at things certainly uh, we don't tend to call people in though if we if we have a problem the trainers if the trainers have got a problem there, there are three other trainers here They'll have a chat amongst themselves and maybe chat with others and management. You know, we'll, someone will come up with a plan. And, and Because you can do this job for years and someone will say, have you not tried that? And you think, oh, yeah. Never you know, that. So we, yeah. we always have a meeting down here. We have a meeting here every week where we'll look at the training of every horse. Uh, we'll see where, it, where it's at in its progress, where, where we see it going. Mm-hmm. Um, and if there is an issue, if there is an issue... You know, we'll say, well, hang on, have you tried this? Have you tried, you know, tried changing it, escorting it with this horse or, you know, mixing it up a little bit? That must really help, mustn't it, taking them out with a, a more experienced horse yeah, and they're used to yeah. what's going on and, you know, not yeah. so scared because they're pack animals, aren't they? That's they're right, used to yeah. being in a herd. Yeah. So all the horses, you said you've got about 30 horses here. Yeah. Um, do some of them live in other places and then they travel down just for the training? That's right. So we've got, so here at Imbercourt, we've got a mixture of sick horses. So they, they'll be at one of the stables or maybe have an injury or something like that. And they'll come in here to recover. Mm. Uh, we've also got escort horses. Uh, we've got four escort horses whose job is solely to escort the young horses. Um, we've got people that have brought in their horses for training. So we've got annual training on at the moment and we've also got the baby activity rides so people have brought those horses in from outside from Mm -hmm. one of the stables outside um and we've also got the young horses that here that we've 
maybe purchased and that we're putting through their training. So right. we've got a variety, you know, a variety of roles here. There's lots going on. It's more yeah. than just going out on yeah. patrol, isn't it, really? It is, yeah. But it's about the training then. So we had a few people that came in for training today. Yeah. We were lucky we filmed some. You'll be able to see that on, on horsehour.co.uk and on our Twitter and Facebook and everything. They, were they being assessed? No, no. The, no um, that's just training? Just training, yeah. The standard expectation, they're, they're just in training. They get assessed every four weeks. So they had their four-week assessment and they're all okay with it. So their next one is in two weeks' time. Because I'd say pass um, them all. I mean, they were phenomenal. They yeah. were pulling off their saddles. I mean, who came up with the idea of, tell you what, while we're cantering, we're going to take <laughs> off our saddle and we're going to go over a I jump. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, ba- their balance is phenomenal. It, it is pretty good. and it's uh, But... You know that comes from that comes from the basic training. Really, one of the things that we do with the standard course on the weekend is that we'll do a ride without saddles, because you don't get to learn to ride unless you ride without a saddle. Yeah. Because it just seems so easy when you put a saddle back on. And with these guys, you know, the first thing that I did, they because out there in the stables, they won't take their saddles off and ride them bareback because you don't really have enough time to do that. Mm. But one of the first thing I did was like say, who's who's ridden their horse bareback? Well, no one has. Mm. Well, take your saddles off and just ride around bareback because it's a big thing the horse, for the horse as well. You know, they're not used to it. Yeah. Um, but as part of the ride, that really isn't the most difficult thing for me on the ride. What's the most difficult Probably bit? the jacket. What do you do with the jacket? We take our jackets off as we go down the line. So we take our jackets off and then we, we ride around and then we put them back on as we're jumping the fences. God. I think for me, just because I'm so stiff in my shoulders, just actually, <laughs> if I was to just put my jacket on now, I'd struggle. <laughs> <laughs> Doing it on a horse, cantering and jumping. Mm. How, how do you as their sergeant like, look after the safety of the riders as well? Because, you know, I wear a body protector, yeah. a safety hat, I'll, I'll do everything. And... I guess you're you're already you've got quite a lot on you already. Yeah. But is there ever a thought of because you've hurt your back, haven't you? Is there ever a thought that you should be wearing body protectors? Um, the thing about the activity riding body protectors, every rider is a volunteer on it. So and every rider has been selected because of their skill. Mm. Don't don't tell them that, but they uh, <laughs> they have. You know, the people yeah. volunteer to do the activity ride, and it isn't for everyone. Mm. And no matter what riding ability they have it's very different and it, and it takes a certain kind of person to be able to do it mm. um, they're all volunteers and they're all very good riders they all have the opportunity to wear a back protector and we did on the last baby activity ride we did have people wearing back protectors because that's their personal choice yeah. if we do any sort of jumping down here they wear back protectors it's just it's just a rule the problem with the activity ride is that you're so, you have to be so dexterous that the back protector actually causes more problems than it than it maybe solves mm. because you have to move around in the saddle, you have to take the saddle off, you have to move your jacket. You can't do that while you're wearing a back protector. They d- they have the option to do it, um, and they all disclaim to say that they've been. You know, they do have the option. Even so, out on patrol though, do you not think that maybe? Well, well they're asked... because they have to wear stab vests. They have to wear oh. what I met vests. Oh, okay. Because of the sort of you know the security implications. So they've got they've got they're not you know they're not equestrian back protectors but they are what we call a met vest which is basically a stab proof vest yeah so which they have will to still that. support them so it, it will do got yeah because yeah. i'm just thinking gosh they're in such dangerous situations you know really you never really know what's going to happen no and so at any point and i'm probably talking because i had an accident a couple of weeks so i'm a bit <laughs> safety conscious at the moment anyway how can we get in touch if we want to follow so you, you? can follow us on um at met task force on twitter 
That's probably the best way to contact Easy. us or via the Met Police website. And you're always putting out photos and videos yeah. of you guys training. And it is lovely to see the guys that we saw today. We've seen frequently over the last few years. It's nice to see them back, you know, continuing their training, Brilliant, continuing what you. they do. And thank you so much for having us Brilliant. today. Cheers, Amy. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. You can see all the pictures and the videos and the horses that were mentioned in today's episode if you head to our website, horsehour.co.uk. And while you're there, I hope you can pop in your email address because I'd love to send you some education and advice and just lots of horsey goodies. You can enter competitions, you get veterinary advice on laminitis, on sweet itch, any kind of diseases. And of course, there's the latest episode of the Horse Hour podcast. There's lots going on in the horsey world and I'd hate for you to miss out on it. I love seeing your photos and your videos of your journeys of what you're getting up to. If you're on Instagram then why not send us a message. We're at Horse Hour and the same on Twitter and Facebook too. I hope you have a really good week with your horse and I'll speak to you soon. You've been listening to Horse Hour. Join the community on Twitter Mondays 8pm UK time 3pm Eastern by using the hashtag Horse Hour. Follow Amy at Amy Stevenson one and subscribe to us on Acast, iTunes, Stitcher and Player FM. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.